Well, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered podcast. If you're new around here, then you might not know this about me, but I have been fully transparent in the fact that I don't feel like I'm that good of a writer. And that's one of the reasons why you're listening to the podcast, because I can talk for England, which you will find out. But today I wanted to introduce you to somebody who I have recently, probably most recently, come across on Instagram. So for a little while I was looking for the perfect copywriter guest to come on the podcast, to invite them on, to share their wisdom and tell me what I'm doing wrong, basically. Because I kind of feel like some of us can feel like we are naturally talented when it comes to writing and some of us have some hang-ups which you know may kind of be deep-rooted from school like me or you might just not like it. So in today's episode I am sharing the conversation that I had with the lovely Natalia from Storyline. She is such a lovely human being and she shares so much with us. She's got, this episode is just packed full of tips and tricks on how to make your writing a little bit better, how you could be making a few more sales through words and copy and one of the biggest questions that I actually get quite a lot which is what is the difference between copywriting and content writing? That was probably my biggest takeaway from this conversation. So I'm gonna shut up enjoy the episode. Let me know if you learn anything from this because I'm really intrigued and I also don't want to feel like I'm the only person that feels like a terrible writer. So if you could share that, that would be amazing and certainly make me feel better. But without further ado, here is my conversation with with Natalia. Right. Hello, lovely Natalia. How are you? Hey, Lorna. How are you? Um... I'm good. I'm excited to be here. And thanks so much for inviting me. This is my first podcast. So a little bit nervous. No, it's gonna be absolutely fine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's with you because I feel like you, um, you're very chatty and friendly. And I think like, you know, the perfect person for the first podcast, you know, so. I'm oh, well, that's the best compliment ever. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's just made my Wednesday. So that's good. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> cool. So before we get into our conversation, which I'm absolutely buzzing for because I've been looking for the perfect copywriter to have a chat with, oh. I like to challenge all of my guests to tell us a little bit about themselves in 30 seconds or less. And to do it with a bit of a twist, if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a very small donation to the charity Mind. Do you think you're up for the challenge? I will do my best for sure. That's all um, we can ask. <laughs> we'll see if I go over the 30 seconds, but I think Mind is a great charity to support anyway. So either way, I think uh, I'm going to be supporting them. So yeah, I'm excited. Sweet. So I've got my stopwatch ready. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> go. Okay, so my name is Natalia. I'm the founder of Storyline Copy and Content. So I'm a copywriter. Um, I'm originally from Poland. Um, I moved to Dublin, Ireland when I was seven. And I'm a massive introvert. I've always had my nose stuck in a book, um, like ever since I can remember. And that's why I ended up studying English and philosophy at university. Um, And my first job ever was as a barista for three years. So that's kind of given me like a lifelong love of coffee. Um, And I also love 
breakfast foods and all things stationery and organization. And yeah, I'm a full-time writer now, so that's exciting. I think that's me. Amazing. So you did it in 39 seconds, but it was a great intro. I loved it. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. Um, I'm I'm actually surprised that I didn't go too much over then. Um, 30 seconds is less time than you think. Actually. 100%. The amount of guests that I've had that I th- I can't remember who it was, but there was one guest and she she kept talking and then she went, do I have to do the whole 30 seconds? And I was like, um, I'm pretty sure you've just <laughs> spoke for like a minute and a half. So you carry on. And she was like, what? I think it, it was Ruth. It was Ruth from XOXO Designs. Oh, so yeah. funny. Oh, that's really funny, actually. Yeah. I find that actually, I remember like from school when you were like doing a speech or something like that, you'd be timing yourself and you'd always be under the time limit. So yes. I was like, oh God, how difficult is it going to be to actually talk about myself for 30 seconds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I just, I, I really like doing it because it kind of makes people think about what kind of build, has built their life up until that point. I didn't know you were originally from Poland. Yeah, not many people actually seem to know that, especially from my accent. I think like, yeah. very much like Irish accent. And everyone always asks me like if I'm, you know, just Irish or if I'm from somewhere else. But yeah, from Poland, um, seven years been removed. So yeah. Absolutely love it. And bloody love Dublin. So what a great place to live. Yeah, definitely. Like I kind of fell out of love with it for a little bit. Like when I was at uni, I just felt like Dublin was really expensive, kind of hard to live in as a young mm. but. I think um, I'm actually living closer to the city centre now, so I can kind of see the charm. And also, I think lockdown just made me appreciate it more. So, yeah, I do love it. Good. You've got to to love where you live, haven't you? Absolutely. So, I guess the best place to start is, um, obviously, you mentioned that you studied English. Yeah. So, was kind of English and copywriting and, and all that kind of jazz the the thing that you've always wanted to do is that was it always the plan yeah so um well initially I just had a lot of trouble in school figuring out what I wanted to do I just felt like I loved reading about all sorts of different subjects like I didn't have a favorite subject really in school except maybe English and I just I wasn't really sure where I was going and I kind of decided you know like if I have kind of a lot of interest and I kind of get bored easily of things then um, writing is a really good one to go into because you just end up meeting all sorts of different people in different lines of work and you get to kind of uh, research and find out about loads of different subjects so it was kind of like a win-win for me and I also loved writing and then I actually didn't realize it would be copywriting though I kind of thought maybe I would try my hand at journalism or something like that but I ended up pivoting into marketing after I finished um, my degree I was always kind of interested in blogging and I always did kind of projects like that when I was growing up. So I ended up just having an interest in digital marketing. Um, so, <laughs> you know, like yourself. It happens to the best of us, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And then I actually, um, right after college, my first kind of big girl job was um, like in corporate marketing. I was in a um, corporate law firm. Wow. Yeah, it was very different. And I was only there for a few months, but it, because it was a really small team, I just felt like I learned so much in the in that space of time that um, I was able to kind of pick out the things that I actually liked in marketing, which um, a lot of it was like kind of the blog stuff, you know, like um, updating the website, writing brochures and pitches and things like that. 
So I kind of started doing a little bit more research, like, you know, um, on the sly in my nine to five about copywriting (laughs) and kind of realized that in order to get like a proper job as a copywriter in a firm, like you kind of need about five years of experience already on copywriting, which kind of, you know, it's kind of that catch 22 of like, you have to have experience, but you can't get experience without it. (laughs) So I kind of decided, you know, if I'm going to actually take this seriously and if I really want to be a copywriter then I'm just going to have to do it by myself. So I decided to take a few months um, after leaving my job and learn all about copywriting and then start my own business. So that's where I'm at right now. But yeah, I think it was in the making for a while, you know, because I just really wanted to combine like my love of writing, like my love of books with also like a little bit of that digital marketing, more analytical side. So I think I've kind of found the perfect balance in copywriting. Good. I think that's really important. And you you have to like what you do. I can't imagine being, I there's nothing that interests me less than being a copywriter at a law firm. <laughs> that's nuts. That must have been, it's such a regulated space. I, yeah. That would not be for me. It was um it was an interesting space. I I I think because it was my first job, I didn't really know what to expect. Um mm. and I kind of expected it would just be a lot of digital marketing. Um but we also were doing lots of events and things like that and um you kind of had to work really closely with the um with the partners at the firm because obviously every single piece of content and copy had to be approved by loads of different stakeholders to make sure nothing was kind of out of line. So Yeah, it definitely wasn't my scene. I started realizing that quickly after I joined, to be honest. Mm. But I'm still grateful to have the experience, to be honest. Um, It's yeah, hundred percent. You wouldn't. You probably wouldn't be where you are now, would you? That's the thing. You know, sometimes we have to do something that we don't um, really enjoy, like to actually find what we do. Um, Yeah, yeah. And so I think one of the questions that's just popped into my mind because a lot of people ask me it and I don't think I really know the answer. So from a pro, (laughs) obviously before we hit record, I asked you what, what you are, what do you class yourself as? And you said copywriter, but also content writer. And you just kind of mentioned the two different elements there as well. So for anybody listening, what's the difference between a copywriter and a content writer yeah it's such a good question because I feel like even um even professionals like professional copywriters sometimes don't know the difference which is totally fair basically content would be like the umbrella uh, term I would say so content is everything that you see everything that's written um like you would have like both ad copy and blog content you know podcasts everything that you can kind of write um whether it's on social media or your website or any kind of advertising materials that would all be content but copy is like a little bit more specific so copy would be writing with the aim to sell rather than the aim to just inform or um you know that's such a good way of explaining it and like it's just become very very clear so content is my instagram caption exactly not not necessarily my landing page exactly yeah that and that's those are really good examples of them because your landing page is kind of it has the aim to convert whereas maybe your caption is more like that initial stage of the marketing funnel where you're kind of just informing um or giving value like sharing knowledge so yeah and actually there's a really good um kind of 
term in, in copywriting or a little like phrase to remember it, which is that like content tells and copy sells, which I think. Oh, that's well good. Yeah, I know. It's such a good one. I love like little rhymes like that. So yeah, co- content tells, copy sells. And you've obviously said that you kind of do both. Is there one that you prefer? Yeah, well, um, so initially I've dabbled in blogging myself and I've I've dabbled in like writing articles and things like that um, on Medium. So I really enjoy content writing. Um, but I think recently I've started to pivot a little bit more into copywriting because I think it just challenges me to think a little bit more about like the ideal client, like um, a little bit more about the person who's selling and how like all of those different techniques used to sell um in like a value-driven way um which is kind of one of my like principal values is like that everything kind of has to, has to give value so love that yeah so pivoting into copywriting now and I think that's that's kind of where I'm going in my business going forward I still have content retainer clients but I think copy is is my new love <laughs> and I think I think from a business point of view it's for anybody that's listening that obviously kind of runs their own business it's kind of I don't I don't feel like everybody sees the value for whatever reason not everybody sees the value of a blog that they don't see a direct return on investment straight away yeah. and so it's like it's one of the, it must be quite challenging have you ever found that as a bit of a challenge absolutely and actually that was one of um one of the big points of contention in my uh, day job as well um is you know, we would have to put a lot of effort into doing free content, free events, blog posts, mm. all of that stuff. But nobody could actually see a direct link between that and making the sale. Whereas actually, I think, you know, when you look at a marketing funnel, even a really simple one, a lot of a lot of it is like the acquisition stage where you're you're just informing people, you're building that relationship and you're kind of positioning yourself as the expert in uh, whatever field you're in so whether it's law or you know digital marketing you're kind of building that relationship and showing that you know what you're talking about and then copy is kind of what seals the deal you know once you're actually ready to make a sale so it's definitely easier to see a return on investment immediately with copy but I think content is just as important if not more because I mean if somebody doesn't know who you are why would they want to buy from you? 100%. Yeah, I think it's so important, especially, you know, for small businesses or service-based businesses. I think it's really important to build up that relationship first and to really give that value so that people know what you're capable of and why they want to work with you. So they're ready when the copy comes along. Sure. And I think, yeah, and I think like with people that are listening to this, you know, we're talking about potentially kind of one-man bands that are trying to do everything. So is there anything that you would be able to kind of say, is there any, actually, let's change that. Is there anything that you see a lot of that you think is a bit of a mistake from small businesses? Is there any kind of standout mistakes that a lot of people are making, whether that's in copy or content? So whether that's Instagram captions or I'm going to have to stick to those two examples. They're, <laughs> they're ingrained now. Whether it's their Instagram captions or their landing page, is there any kind of common mistakes that small businesses are making? I think the standard actually has risen a lot in like mm. the last few years because I think there's just so much more education available. Which is me. great. Absolutely. Like it's just been amazing to see, you know, digital marketers or copywriters or, you know, content strategists kind of telling people how to do it and how to do it easily and effectively. 
there's obviously still things that people are, um, you know, could maybe brush up on. For me, a big one is copy your content that really focuses on yourself as the brand. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of a Yes. Yeah. Like when, when somebody is just talking about themselves and their offers, um, I mean, there's definitely a place for it. Like, you know, but, but I think you really have to focus on who you're speaking to because otherwise they will lose interest. They won't really relate to what you're saying. And they, you know, in the end, they probably won't want to buy from you because they're just not sure where they fit into the picture. So that's kind of something that I always start with, with my clients as well is like, really think about your ideal um, customer or client and kind of dive right into who they are, what kind of pain points they're facing, what kind of language resonates with them, like what they call themselves. You know, some people prefer like creative entrepreneurs, some people prefer small business owner. It's those little things um, that you really need to know about your client. And I'm sure you agree as well. And it's the same in digital marketing. Yeah, 100%. Because I think like, if I, I'm thinking back to all the conversations I've had on this podcast, and we all say the same thing. And yet I think I know personally, like, if I was to take a step back and become, I'm trying to get better at kind of my self-awareness. I know that I don't do a great job at that all the time, but it is absolutely true. And you saying it's the terminology, the little things matter the most. I remember doing a workshop and I think it was an SEO workshop and I gave everybody a worksheet and I said, just write down what you do as a business Mm -hmm. and then pass that sheet of paper to the person to your left and I want that person on the left to describe what they would type into Google if they were looking for that thing and then pass it back. And everybody was so shocked because what they call their business, the other person didn't. Yeah, yeah. And that's a massive thing, actually, that I've seen is um, that those little shifts in terminology are really what gets you um, yeah. further with, with, with your audience, I think. Because, you know, if they can't relate, like they just will feel a little bit disenfranchised when they're reading your posts or when they're reading your sales page, you know, they, they won't really realize that it's for them. And, and like you said, like search intent, that's a big mm-hmm. at the moment. That's something that I think any business owner should look into um, like in 2021 and beyond is like kind of how people actually search for your business. Like what kind of terms they type into Google, how they phrase things. Um, yeah. Sometimes we have like a very technical idea of what we do and we have all of that like kind of technical jargon, but that's probably not what um, the people searching for it are actually looking for. So yeah, it's the little things, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And would you say it's kind of the same for product-based businesses and service-based businesses? Because I think, I feel like I've I've predominantly started working with product-based businesses and there's almost kind of like this struggle with when us as kind of marketers or copywriters or whatever talk about pain points product-based businesses generally will go well I don't I don't solve a pain point I just sell products like I might sell they might sell I don't know candles yeah and they're like I don't I don't solve like I don't solve a pain because it just smells nice and I'm like yeah but that is the pain isn't it they they want something to smell nice yeah absolutely and like I actually work most mostly with service-based businesses, but whenever I have been working with product-based businesses, and actually I, I worked recently with um, 
a really lovely business owner who sells candles um incidentally <laughs> funny that I know right um so uh the interesting thing is you know when you're writing your product descriptions it doesn't necessarily have to be a pain it can be almost painting a picture of of how that product fits into their life so when you're when you're thinking about you know um, a candle specifically you could be talking about the atmosphere that they want to set kind of using sensory language tapping into like their wants rather than their pain points so I think that's that could be an avenue for product-based businesses to kind of look into is just beyond like the specific characteristics of the product look like a little bit further and almost romanticize it that's kind of my go-to is is um think about the desires rather than the pains love that because it's almost like as you say it's it's about kind of trying to help them imagine that they have that product that they can smell it that they can yeah exactly good exactly you want to kind of make them feel that not that they need it because nobody really needs um any product you know but but (laughs) I think it's it's almost just making it fit into their life in a way that feels desirable feels like they really want you know to make it happen to you know build that dream life almost yeah and is there any kind of I don't I don't I don't want to use the words tips and hacks but you know we'll we'll go with it is there any kind of ways to let okay let me give you some context so I think I've been pretty open both on Instagram and on here to be fair that I'm not the most confident writer Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I started the podcast, which I think I've briefly mentioned before we started recording, is that I can talk for England, but I understand the importance of SEO and blogging and all that kind of stuff, but it just it's an easier avenue for me. Mm-hmm. So for somebody that's not so confident with writing in terms of whether that's copy or content, is there any kind of tips that you could give them to kind of help boost them along a little bit like oh, give them a little bit of a kick up the bum <laughs> yeah um it, it's actually funny one of the first things you said to me when you invited me onto the podcast was that you're not a writer or you know that you're not a confident writer so I think it was probably more I'm a crap writer <laughs> I wouldn't say that I, I actually, <laughs> actually you're a very good writer and I think it's because actually all of my clients say that when we have our first discovery call is, you know, that they're not writers, you know, mm. but actually I think that just comes from the, the the misconceptions around who a writer is, which I think we still have that idea that a writer is just, you know, Shakespeare, exactly <laughs> right? Like it's the people we read when we were in school. Um, but I think, it's more about picking up on the really important things that you do, picking up on feelings, picking up on who you're speaking to. And those are kind of the core things that you want to remember when you're writing copy and content is like, you know your story, you know who you're talking to, and um, you know what you're selling. So those things combined can actually help you along when you're writing and make you feel a little bit more confident. But more specifically, I guess, because that was a little bit high level. But more specifically, I would suggest always writing with a plan. I'm like a massive planner and I love research. I could actually do it all the time. I think if I wasn't a writer, I would do research all the time. God, I couldn't yeah. do anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not for everyone. Like, I just love it. I just feel like it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, 
when you're kind of researching something for an essay or an article or a landing page, I just love putting all the pieces together. So when you're writing, you know, whether it's a, a, a caption or a sales page or um, anything, a blog post for your business, I would just suggest not starting with a blank page because it's just going to make you feel really discouraged. Have a plan and and jot down some notes before you start. Um, maybe have a couple of sources to back you up. Like maybe if you're writing a blog post on, I don't know, if you're writing on SEO, have a couple of like credible sources um, that you can kind of quote or use like statistics or things like that to back you up because then you feel like your opinions and your kind of thoughts are are almost validated by like industry experts. So I would say if, if, if you need a little bit of a confidence boost, definitely start with a plan. And I guess that could even like look like something incredibly simple, like, because yeah. you've just said like, don't start with a blank page. And I think just thinking of, myself because mm-hmm. that's all I can do obviously but just thinking about how I do things if I you're absolutely right psychologically if I'm sat staring at whether it's a google doc or an actual piece of paper if it's totally blank I'm like oh don't know what to do but even if I had like beginning middle and end and then call to action just written as titles I would probably find it a lot easier Exactly. And actually, that's a really good point is just have like a a skeleton, you know, just put titles. Um, Usually what I do is just have like a plan on one side of the screen. And then on the other side, I just have the um, kind of headings. Um, So I kind of know the structure of the piece, know the flow of it before I begin actually writing, because I just feel like psychologically, that's Mm. what makes the difference. And that's what makes you feel like you can actually keep going with it. And Also, another little tip that I'd recommend is um, for people who prefer talking, which I assume since you have a podcast, you probably... (laughs) It's me! Yeah, like I'm not much of a talker myself. I'm more of a writer. But but for anybody who actually does prefer like voice messaging, like videos, that kind of format, I would actually suggest using the voice typing tool in Google Docs to write your blog post like as a as a little first draft, because then it'll kind of feel like you're having a conversation with your... um, with your clients or you know your customers and then maybe that'll kind of help break that initial barrier yeah I think like I tried ages and ages ago I think I had a very similar conversation I was like I'm just I just can't do it I know the importance of blogging I just can't bring myself to do it and it was it was a really big thing about have I put enough in it have I not put put enough in it have I put enough sources in it have I given enough like value in it and it was just backwards and it was so like mentally consuming that I was like I'd just rather not do it and one of my friends actually I think it was Jade um Marie she said why don't you just try and voice note it because like I rarely send text messages I'll probably send voice notes it's just it's just easier for me for sure yeah and that's the thing is like you have to tap into your learning style like if you think back to school you probably had like some sort of training on like what kind of learner you are whether you're a visual or like um, Mm. listening kind of learner or kinetic like it all kind of comes back to that I think and that kind of guides how we express ourselves as well so I think tapping into like if if writing is something that you really don't like to do in your business then tap into you know the the format that you're comfortable with in terms of sharing content so if for example somebody really feels like you know, writing is something that I really don't like to do. I can't outsource it at the moment, but 
you know, I know how important it is to my business, then I would just suggest, you know, maybe try, you know, recording yourself saying something and then writing down what you say or, you know, something like that to kind of break that initial barrier. Because I think a lot of us kind of have that sentiment of like, I'm not a writer rooted deep down in even our school days. Um, yeah, I've had that conversation before, I think, uh, with Michelle Gately. It's, we've, we've spoken a lot about books. Um, and at the end of last year, she 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 was fascinated by how many books I've read, even though I hated reading before yeah. probably 2020. And it was all, you know, when you when you talk about it and when you start thinking about it, it was all heavily deep rooted from school because I just didn't I, I polar opposite to you. I hated English yeah. and it was probably to do with my teachers, let's be honest, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so it was like I had this real like I don't want to read. But then when I found the books that that suited me, I bloody love it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, you know. That's why I don't think a unified approach to anything works for everyone. You know, mm. like if you just have one digital marketing marketing strategy for everybody, every type of business, like it's just not going to work. It's going to work for some, but not for others. So everything has to be kind of tailored to you. And whether it's reading or writing or anything else, I think it just has to suit you and you have to feel good doing it. So yeah, and actually, on that note, you know, when when it comes to writing, like if writing is something that you don't like to do, or maybe, you know, you're feeling some sort of resistance to writing captions, blog posts, things like that, the content side of things, I would suggest you go back to that original spark of like why you wanted to start your business, because I feel like that's the moment when a lot of that inspiration comes from, and you kind of you can tap into why you're doing what you're doing who you really want to help and then from there you can kind of brainstorm ideas for the kinds of lessons that you want to share you know the kinds of things you want to talk about it's just a lot easier when you're feeling that initial motivation rather than just sitting down to write something you know like anything at all yeah with a with a blank white page in front of you (laughs) exactly yeah just into like what makes you feel passionate I think that's the that's the most important thing that's such a good tip. And I think if you you mentioned it earlier on about outsourcing, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I kind of come up against, or if I ever, again, probably can only talk for myself. So whenever I've kind of considered mm-hmm. outsourcing, so given that I'm not that confident and all that kind of stuff, I think I've very much personally come around to the idea that I write how I speak. And I was always told that's a bad thing, but when you're self-employed and you trade under your own name I don't think it's that much of a bad thing but for anybody that kind of runs a business with uh I don't I don't have any other way of explaining it a business name so like you for example so obviously you don't trade as your name obviously in the corporate world you would have like a tone of voice document or you would have so everyone's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet when Mm. I think about I don't like doing something let me see if I can outsource it it kind of scares me a little bit to think that somebody wouldn't be able to pick up how I speak. But I think when you run a business with a business name, it's a little bit different. So if for anybody that's listening that might be kind of thinking, well, I don't like writing, I just, I'd rather pay somebody else to do it. How does that, what does that look like? How does that work in terms of if they've kind of got a bit of a hang up about how do they communicate how 
they want you to communicate does that make sense yeah definitely and actually that's a that's a really good point and a really common concern for people who are not quite ready to outsource I think and it's not even just tone of voice it's also you know outsourcing your story to somebody who you're just coming coming across and you know you're not sure if they're gonna do it justice you're not sure if they're actually gonna echo your values yeah so I think it's definitely a very valid concern you know you I think that's why you really have to know that the person that you're um, working with you have to do your due diligence beforehand you have to kind of figure out whether their values align with your own but then I think for me when I'm working with my clients I always start off with a questionnaire to find out about their brand values about how they like to define themselves I do a lot of research before I start any project I kind of will read anything they've ever written um well not all of their material (laughs) if they have like a hundred blog posts but (laughs) but I will kind of read a lot of the stuff that they've written for themselves and I'll I'll jot down anything that kind of springs to mind any words that they keep reusing anything that they any kind of phrase that they seem to be fond of I think what also matters is where somebody is from So, um, you know, maybe you pick up on a bit of local dialect or anything like that. I think that's really important for certain businesses that have a strong personality. Yes. And then I think it's about asking the client the right questions. So, for example, like if a client of mine who is like in recruitment, for example, like, or HR, maybe they don't like the word recruitment, maybe they prefer talent acquisition. So yeah, it's about picking up on the little things that kind of distinguish their business from the others. And I think if you're working with the right person, they'll, they'll do their research beforehand, and they'll really try to make sure that the project lines up with how you speak. Yeah, so it's, it's just finding the right person that works for you, then I guess. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, if somebody really does enjoy the process of finding out about you, you'll know from the get-go, like you'll know from the discovery yeah. call um, that they're asking you questions. They really want to find out how you speak. And actually, I would just recommend that any any business owner um, do an exercise in brand voice. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. It just, you kind of look at what you, what, what your um, tone of voice is throughout your posts, your blog posts, captions, anything like that, you kind of have to figure out what way do you speak to your people. So, you know, maybe you'll think about whether you are like more friendly or more professional, not that those are mutually exclusive, but (laughs) the way that you, yeah, like if you're, if you're kind of very approachable or a little bit like held back and all of those things you can bring to your copywriter if you're actually outsourcing any kind of copy work. I think the the first thing that kind of came to mind there, and it, it feels a bit weird to kind of talk about myself, but it, it just kind of reminded me of the first thing that you said to me at the beginning of this recording when you said like, oh, I, you know, I, I couldn't imagine doing it with like a better person because you're lovely and chatty and all that kind of stuff. And I think that in my mind kind of makes sense in what you're saying now in terms of brand voice, because I could, I could be lovely and chatty. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote, or I could be you know <laughs> reserved and harsh yeah for sure and you kind of sense that like if somebody um is you know writing their own captions 
Mm. Um, you can very quickly get a sense of their personality I think from that or at least their um, their writing personality which I think if you're not naturally you know a writer or you know you define yourself as not not naturally a writer then maybe your writing is a little bit more stiff a little bit more reserved but but if you're kind of writing the way that you speak you can really quickly get a sense of someone's personality from the way they type out their captions the way they you know, even show up on stories or anything like that. So using all of those materials helps um, a copywriter that you're working with. Yeah, and I just, I think I would personally find it, going back to that kind of trading as yourself or trading as like a bigger business where, you know, it could be a sense that, you know, your five-year goal is to have 30 employees. That, that for me, from with my corporate background, makes sense in terms of everybody using the same terminology, whether it's a sales call or writing a web page or whatever it was. But I feel like maybe some of the businesses I work with, although they might be one man bands, that's not the future plan. So they're kind of like, why well, I don't want to write how I speak because I want it to come across as X, Y, Z, whether that's more professional or what have you. So yeah, I it's think a hard I'm- balance. Yeah, exactly. It It is. And it, it's not actually an easy thing, tone of voice, especially as you're growing, because like you said, at the beginning, you can kind of write the way you speak. But if you bring people on, you know, you have to have some sort of guidelines. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, you have to kind of bring it back to the basics. You have to think about, you know, who your ideal client is and almost speak to them and speak the way that they want to be spoken to. And that can always help, you know, kind of thinking especially if if you're not sure how to write um in a specific tone of voice is just speak the way that you think your clients and customers want to be spoken to so that's that's something to keep in mind I think such a good point and so okay in terms of thinking about business I'm just I've just spotted the time because I feel like we could talk forever in terms of (laughs) businesses you know we're all in business to make some money words help with that words help convert people is there any kind of top tips for specific um I don't know patterns or words or phrases or things that business owners could do that would help with their conversions whether that's a service-based business with a with a landing page or a product-based business with a product page is there any kind of across the board simple tidbits that you could (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I think the most important one and I'm sure you also agree is just to have call to actions or calls to action rather um hell yes yeah so just have a lot of those throughout your pages probably more than you think you need I think and just maybe phrase them in different ways so in your content like captions and things like that you might have call calls to action that kind of uh, are engagement based so um you know you you kind of want to find out more about your audience whereas on your product pages where you want to convert you kind of want to inspire action there and then so yeah just make sure it's not too generic and non-specific so something like learn more is probably not the best call to action whereas if you say you know download instantly or you know something like that that's more specific it just gives away a bit more personality as well doesn't it I think learn learn more is so rigid it's so like yeah I know what I'm gonna do if I click on that but I always I always see it in um like email sign up forms so you know people will always kind of put they'll just keep with the 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 standard 
thing that like Mailchimp or Flowdesk give you, and it's like just sign up. And I'm like, no, send me the emails. Like, let's yeah. add a little bit of zazz, pizzazz in there. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Exactly. You have to add a little bit more personality because it is your business. So even if it's the smallest little bit of text, like a call to action, you want to inject a little bit of that unique brand personality into it and make it fun as well. I would say, you know, make it a fun experience throughout. So if you're writing a sales page, just make it sound like like a cohesive buying experience. Yeah, love that. That's a great tip, actually. Love it. Cool. (laughs) Well, I'm really conscious of time and I don't really want to take up all of yours. So uh, for anybody that's listening, where can they find you? What how can they work with you? I mean, sell yourself, go for it. (laughs) Absolutely. So you can find me at Storyline on Instagram and also on Storyline.com. I'm currently working on my 2021 offers, but I'll be taking on new clients for website copy projects. So if you want to, if you're either building a new business or you want to refresh your website copy for 2021, those are kind of the big projects. And then if you also would like an ongoing blog writer or content writer, I'm also your gal. And then a new exciting service that I'll be launching. So this is kind of like a sneak peek. Oh, we've got an exclusive. Yeah, a bit of an exclusive. It's the launch copywriting. So if you are launching um, a digital product or a course, a membership, anything like that, I can look after the launch copy for you. So that includes emails, sales pages, things like that to build the hype and yeah, bring people to your um, corner of the internet. So that's me. <laughs> Love that. The launch copy has is so hard. I've just been through my first launch and honest to God, it was the most surreal experience. <laughs> it was like nothing I've ever done before. <laughs> They're challenging, especially when you're doing it yourself, I think. Oh, I just feel knackered. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say you need a big rest after mm-hmm. it. But I saw actually your digital um, e-commerce accelerator flying off the shelves. Well, so. I think by the time this goes out, we will be we'll be in week one. So no pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should celebrate. <laughs> but also, I think correct me if I'm wrong. I'm really hope I don't get this wrong. I'm gonna have to cut this out if I do. I've seen you obviously mentioned uh, everybody should consider their brand voice you have a free download to help with that oh yeah I absolutely do and actually um thanks for mentioning that because I'm very bad at selling myself (laughs) but I do I have a free brand voice workbook and actually it's the process that I use with all of my clients so if you would like to refresh your brand voice um for 2021 and just kind of get more clarity on um, the way that you speak to um, your clients in your captions, in your sales pages, things like that, then uh, then download that. It's just a short workbook and it'll really help you out, I think. Uh, I will definitely be doing it because I feel like I need, I need to do it. So for anybody else that wants to join me, I will include the link in the show notes below alongside all of the other links for Natalia as well, so her website and her Instagram and everything like that. Amazing. Thanks so much, Lorna. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And thanks so much for having me on my first ever podcast. Yay! (laughs) So excited. Cool. Well, have a lovely rest of your day and I'll talk to you really soon. Thanks so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Thanks.